If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The following is a presentation of the Match Talk Podcast Network. Defense Soap revolutionized athletic hygiene in 2005 with the introduction of a bar soap containing natural ingredients proven to be effective against skin infections common to wrestlers. Today, Defense Soap leads the world in sports hygiene innovation with a complete line of bar soaps, shower gels, and body wipes that contain high-grade tea tree, eucalyptus, and peppermint oils. Defense Soap. Defend what you have built at DefenseSoap.com. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time for the World Wrestling Resource Podcast. The World Wrestling Resource was made that you as a wrestler, parent, coach, or fan can have access to all the resources of the very best in the world of wrestling. I'm three-time wrestling writer and broadcaster of the year, Jason Bryant, and I want you to join me along with John McGovern and world champions Terry Brands and Dennis Hall as we talk training tips, topical discussion, mental preparation, and more on the World Wrestling Resource Podcast. World Wrestling Resource is sponsored by Defense Soap. Find World Wrestling Resource on Facebook at facebook.com slash worldwrestlingresource and follow us on Twitter at WWRESO and, of course, on the web at worldwrestlingresource.com. Now on to the show as we join John McGovern, Terry Brands, and Dennis Hall. World Wrestling Resource Podcast here on location to Renava, Slovakia at the 2018 Junior World Championships with Pedro Silva, the president of the Portuguese Wrestling Federation, uh, chairman of the Mediterranean Committee. He's running for a board member position in Budapest coming up. And, uh, Pedro, we've gotten to know each other over the last couple of years, and always good to see a friendly face at the event. You are always the, the sharp, sharpest-dressed guy here at an event. It's got to be hot sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, first of all, it's a pleasure, and thank you for the kind words. But being Portuguese, we are used to uh, putting up with uh, hot weather, and so it uh, comes with the territory. Uh, when, when people think wrestling, Portugal is usually not the first country that comes to mind. Talk a little bit about what, what the wrestling culture is like in Portugal and the history and, and what, what the wrestling community is like there. Portugal is uh, obviously known for its uh, soccer, but the, the, the wrestling community, uh, not being uh, not nearly as big as uh, soccer, it has a lot of tradition. We are uh, one of the oldest uh, established uh, national federations, national governing bodies amongst all the sports in Portugal. I like to say we are not uh, big, but we are good. The one Portuguese athlete I have a history with comes from my time at Old Dominion University with Tisha Penacharo, a basketball player, a just phenomenal athlete. And uh, so that was my... Er- First experience with uh, Portugal, and then we've seen some wrestlers come out. Matter of fact, one of the wrestlers that that represents Portugal, I believe, is deaf. Correct? Yeah, he's transitioning now uh, to a uh, coaching position within the the, the federation, and I, I believe he's a, a true example uh, of how great wrestling is. That a deaf athlete can perform at the highest level. He was a, an Olympian. He was a, a silver medalist in a European Championship. So I believe he's a, a true poster boy for wrestling and for the integration of um, disabled uh, athletes. We're talking Hugo Passos, who's been around for, for quite a long time. One of the older guys, as you said, he's, he's transitioning into coaching. And 
when we talk about the development of wrestling around the world from a president position in your wrestling federation what do you guys do in portugal to try to you know raise awareness of wrestling and grow it at the grassroots level well we have some programs that try to integrate and uh, cooperate between the school system and the club system which doesn't work like in the states so we try to do some programs in promotion in, in schools uh, it's part of the curricula of uh, PE classes uh, till the, the 12th grade. From uh, 6th to 12th grade, we have wrestling uh, in PE curriculum. We try to promote uh, within uh, national TV. Uh, all our events uh, have uh, a brief uh, reportage uh, uh, on national TV. We do some uh, uh, promotion programs uh, uh, in some communities, uh, something like uh, the Beat the Streets program in the States. We have... Uh, our equivalent uh, in uh, in uh, in Portugal, and uh, we try to work uh, also uh, around social media. That uh, that's the way to connect with uh, a younger audience. And um, step by step, we try to to uh, do that kind of work, knowing that uh, we are in a country where soccer overtakes uh, pretty much of the attention of all sports. When athletes come through Portugal and they're looking to train and, you know, training in different countries is not abnormal. One thing that Americans that don't travel a lot don't really realize is how inexpensive it is to really travel from one country to another in Europe. Just talk about how the how these nations work together with training situations and how that, that synergy really is universal. Portugal is in the far west of uh, Europe, so we might be the less privileged country in Europe for that matter. But uh, take Trnava uh, as an example. We are in Slova Slovakia, and uh, I flew in uh, through Vienna, which is the next country over, and uh, I'm probably as far from uh, the Vienna airport as I am from uh, my hotel here. So it's quite inexpensive. It's quite easy to just pick up a bus or a train or a car and travel to two, three uh, different countries within, I don't know, two, three hours, four hours uh, travel time. You had an interesting opportunity recently to s spend time in Turkmenistan at, in Ashgabat at the, for the Asian what, indoor combat games. What, what is that event, and how did wrestling play into it, and what is, what is the country like? The country is quite peculiar, uh, to, to choose wisely my words. The event was a, a, a huge event. Uh, we have uh, 11 days of wrestling. We have all the associated styles. We have Alish, belt wrestling, uh, uh, traditional wrestling, uh, Palavani, uh, Kazakuresh. So, and apart from the three Olympic styles. So it was quite interesting uh, from that uh, perspective. And it was quite interesting to see uh, an arena of uh, 15,000 seats packed throughout the 11 days of, uh, of, uh, of competition. Turkmenistan is a, a, a peculiar country that loves wrestling, but uh, uh, is a very close country. It has a political regime uh, that's, uh, I wouldn't call it a democracy by any stretch of the imagination. So it had some uh, challenges to overcome during the organization, but I, I think that uh, all things considered, it was a, a, a very successful event for everyone and especially for the athletes who are the ones that count the most. When you are at events where they have some of these associated styles, like if you have beach wrestling or belt wrestling or, or you know, the 
the Turkish oil wrestling, for instance, and you and you put it together with the Olympic styles. How much do you think that helps what United World Wrestling is trying to do with with its global outreach and bring people in more into the Olympic fold? I think it helps a lot. I think we get bigger if we get people together instead of breaking them uh, uh, apart. Uh, last year, the finals of the Beach Wrestling Worlds in Turkey were uh, simultaneously held with Gurish, the, the Kirkpinar, the traditional oil wrestling. And we had probably over 7,000 people watching the finals of the beach wrestling and of the, the, the Kirkpinar. That probably, if we held the, the events separately, we wouldn't have that many people watching both events. So it was good for the promotion of uh, both events. Uh, uh, it was perfect for the athletes because they had bigger crowds. And everybody got more knowledgeable about the different styles within the, the United World Wrestling umbrella. When we come here now and, you know, we talk about running for Bureau member, how, how is the Bureau made up and, and what, are, what are some benefits you feel that you could bring to uh, the Bureau? The Bureau members uh, are responsible for setting the, the, the direction and ruling the, 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 the evolution of the sport. Uh, I was a former wrestler, uh, I was a coach, a technical director, competition manager, uh, a referee at some point, and now I have uh, the, the, the honor and the privilege and the responsibility of being the president of a, a federation and a committee that uh, englobes 26 countries from three different continents. On top of that, uh, I'm able to speak five di different languages, so I think I, I can put all that uh, experience at, at service for United World Wrestling, standing in the, in the Bureau, serving my passion uh, for over 30 years. Whatever are my skill sets, uh, I, I wish strongly to put them uh, at the service of uh, United World Wrestling, serving at the Bureau. I'm assuming Portuguese, because you're from Portugal. You got English down. What are the other three languages? Uh, French, Spanish, and Italian. What was the hardest one to learn? I'm, I would say probably Italian because it's the one I practice the least. Uh, but it's not that... Uh, I, I would say I'm naturally prone to, to, to learning uh, different languages. And being Portuguese culturally, we always try to learn the other guy's language. So if I was speaking with someone from China... More than wanting him, even if I was in Portugal, more than wanting him to speak my language, I would be interested in learning his language. And Portuguese isn't really a widely spoken language outside of Brazil and Portugal. You'll, you'll get it in some of the words. It's, it's, there's similarities in, in bits and pieces of Spanish I learned in my trips to Rio, but uh, it's one of those things that it, you're almost forced to learn another language, right? Yeah, even though Portuguese is the fifth most, right. most spoken language uh, uh, in the world, it's, uh, it's spoken in all the former Portuguese colonies, uh, like five or six countries in Africa, one or two in Asia, uh, Brazil, obviously, with uh, over 200 million uh, speakers. The advantage of speaking Portuguese, first of all, that, that uh, our school system promotes us to learn at least two other languages. But because uh, it's one of the Romance langu languages, uh, Latin-based, it's quite easy for us to, 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 to learn Spanish, uh, French, and Italian. So it's not the same, but it's, it makes it pretty much easy.
traveling the world, Budapest is is a relevant spot as we're coming up on the five year anniversary of, of saving wrestling, bringing it back, and getting a a rule set that is more exciting. The ball draw era is gone. the 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 tennis style scoring periods is gone. What are, What are your general thoughts on where we've come in the last five years? Oh, we've come, you know, a long way. It's tremendous the the the, the changes we've made so far and uh, the improvements we've made so far. I think it's quite important that uh, we keep the momentum going, that we don't believe that uh, our job is done, our job is never done. And uh, um, it's that attitude that I want to uh, bring to the Bureau if I'm uh, elected. It's clearly more fair, the rulebook. It puts the decision more and more on the athlete and not on chance. I think we've come a long way there. We come, we came a long way uh, on um, competition management, like what we see here in uh, Tornava and what I'm sure we'll see in Budapest in uh, a month or what we saw last year in Paris. It's quite an improvement over uh, some or most of the competitions uh, before 2013. Convinced we are moving on the, the right direction. And uh, I believe uh, we'll be able to keep the momentum going and keep on improving uh, every day. You talked about the competition venues and such. You, you, if you look around at this facility, it's a little dated, but it, it's got branding all over it. There is UWW everything. I mean, even the, the bleachers have this, this hard cardboard padding, so it's not, you're not looking at stale wooden bleachers. This, the matte colors, are they, they are a lot more conducive to being good on television. So. What is, uh, you know, when something as simple as the mat colors, how much do you think that that's impacted the visibility of the sport and, and how marketable it is? Well, if you, if, you, if you look at the competitions before this Extreme Makeover Wrestling Edition with it. Uh, <laughs> well said. <laughs> just on the look side of things, this looks nice. You wouldn't feel embarrassed to bring any of your friends to come and see this event or any other event for that matter. While before, you might need to pick the right event to, to, to bring someone and show it this is my sport this I'm sure it looks great well it looks great here I'm sure it looks great on TV it looks great on the streaming and uh, this this is where we can showcase our sport our love and we need to uh, take good care of it like if you dress up properly to a party why wouldn't you do the same for the sport that you love and I, I think that's quite important. We came a long way uh, on uh, those aspects. Like, even if you watch the flow, uh, the call room, uh, the way the basket carriers assist the coaches, assist the athletes, this doesn't not only looks good, but it suits the needs, the demands of the, of the teams, of the, of the athletes, which, once again, I would like to emphasize, it's the most important part of the sport. It's why we are all here for. Getting back in the Olympics, you know, there was a lot of flack. And as an American, there was a lot of flack and pressure on USA Wrestling. Like, you know, some detractors were blaming us at USA Wrestling for this. What type of blowback were you getting in Portugal from, from wrestling fans there? Were they blaming Portuguese, Portugal uh, and you guys for, for part of this fall as well? Uh, no, uh, we have uh, uh, quite the opposite uh, reaction. A lot of people uh, uh, within the sports mu movement and outside of the sports m movement 
uh, fell outraged uh, by the, the, the just the proposal of wrestling being excluded uh, of the Olympic program. I have more uh, television and media exposure than any other time during my, my lifetime. I, I, I would give half an hour long interviews on uh, national television on prime time. Uh, and everybody would feel outraged, like, even if wrestling did something wrong or if it's not per perfect or it needs to improve, cutting it out of the Olympics is not the answer. So, correct whatever you need to correct, but keep wrestling in the Olympics. Like, the basic feeling was wrestling is in the core of the Olympic movement with athletics. If there are two sports you cannot cut, it's wrestling and athletics. That was the, the general consensus of everyone uh, uh, in Portugal. Even though I think that uh, fatidic uh, February 12th, 2013 was a blessing in disguise because it gave us the opportunity to change, to grow, to improve, and to keep on improving still today. What's been your favorite change over the last five years? Uh, I'm not sure if I can pinpoint something. I would say probably not being too specific, the, the, the mentality change of all wrestling diehard fan all over the world. The way we see the sport and the way we see change changed dramatically after that 2013 season from uh, February 12th till uh, uh, November 8th, I believe. Uh, September. And we, get, we talk about the marketability of wrestling. Last year, we saw something that was great drama. You couldn't have written it in like a Hollywood movie. You know, the Russian versus the American, the team title on the line, two world champions, and Olympic champions meeting. From an outside, I'm biased because I'm an American in this respect, but what did that look like from, from a Portuguese perspective? Oh, it looked amazing. It's like the Boros Chamizo this year. It's, it's what we need. Being Portuguese, so not being biased, not, not having a dog in the fight, I... Of course, we all have our personal preferences, but I, what I really like about the, the, the Abdullayev uh, uh, Snyder last year or the, the Chemiza Burroughs this year is that the fact that we don't know who's going to win. Anything can happen. That anything can happen mindset is what we need. It's like a, a, a Rocky movie. Like, <laughs> till the last minute, you don't know what's going to happen. You're guessing, but sometimes Rocky lost. Uh, and sometimes you want the fact that you don't know it's what keeps you stuck to 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 the match and uh, uh i'm looking forward uh of uh seeing uh probably boros chimizu 3 budapest hopefully they'll match up again and it will be quite interesting to to, to see we need more of those uh, uh unpredictable challenges one thing we're also seeing has been the implementation of a ranking series uh you know, the name Grand Prix has been thrown around a lot at different tournaments, but it really wasn't a true Grand Prix. Uh, other sports like tennis have a, you know, have a, a computerized ranking system with a lot of events. And what do you see from the visibility of these events there? It seems like, okay, wow, this is going to be a ranking series event, and it's going to be a draw, and UWW's getting behind it. It's not just like, okay, here's the Federation. You, you go run this tournament. We'll, we'll take the results. It's, there's, there's an effort from the International Federation to help out these national federations. I think it's quite important to have a, a proper, clearly set, uh, clearly ruled out uh, ranking series. 
We are trying, uh, UWW is trying to, to do the same with Beach Wrestling, creating a Beach Wrestling World ser Series with a ranking. It's probably easier for Beach Wrestling because we are starting from scratch than it is for the Olympic styles because we are not starting from scratch and we have to balance uh, the history behind with the goals we, we as a sport want to achieve. But I think that clearly it will be better for everyone involved if we have a, a, a ranking system uh, that is promoted by UWW. It, it will be good for media because it's easier to understand it's the number one ranked athlete in the world versus number 10 than to just throw two names that outside media won't, uh, won't know. It's better for the new fans because they can immediately assess the level of the, of the guys involved. Probably it's better for sponsors and uh, promoters and uh, all, all those commercial aspects of, 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 uh, of the sport. So I think there's a long way to go, but I think it's the way to go. And I'm looking forward for the next de developments. Uh, I'm sure the next couple of years will be quite interesting in the development of that ranking series. Circling back to as we sit up here at this at the table where, where the bureau members and the international federation presidents sit. The, what about the job Nanad Lalovich has done? He, you know, he's had a wrestling background, but he was mainly a businessman coming in and kind of been a, a stable figurehead for the organization. What are some things that he's done maybe behind the scenes that maybe the wrestling world doesn't realize that he's had a real big impact in? I think as a wrestling lifelong fan. We could never be thankful enough for the role uh, the president, Nana Lalovic, has uh, put in uh, for United World Wrestling. He is the head and the main responsible of this extreme makeover wrestling edition uh, that's been uh, a humongous success. All these changes uh, uh, that uh, we have been talking about here uh, in wrestling uh, and also the the... the the recognition that the Olympic movement and the IOC have uh, made to his job are quite visible with his uh, current position as a IOC board member. Uh, that is to say uh, a lot of uh, his ability to lead this uh, change process and to bring uh, wrestling to a position where it should be and uh, promoting the, the continuous uh, improvement and development uh, of uh, of uh, our sport. I don't think it would be fair to, to say or to mention a specific thing because that would be not uh, valuing all the other things uh, that have been done. Uh, he is the leader and the head of this global continuous improvement uh, movement that we've seen since uh, 2013. One thing that we've seen an improvement on is the emphasis on the age group levels. Yeah, there's, there's a U15 division now. We have uh, had a successful cadet world championships here and Trinava has been a great host. Like, again, it looks great. Uh, the, the people are friendly. I mean, it, this is, you're not just putting it somewhere to put it somewhere. And then we're going into Budapest. There's, there's a real effort uh, to make the world championships pop at these age group levels. That's where the development is. And how have the, imp I guess the improved predicament of the cadets and junior levels really helped wrestling in Portugal? Yeah, uh, the, the definitely uh, helps improve. And uh, uh, it helps us to, uh, even from a fundraising perspective, if we start uh, uh, competing at uh, the schoolboys, the under-15, the under-17, result gaps from a small country like Portugal to the big powerhouses 
is not as big and we can get uh, more uh, government support and more sponsor support uh, promoting youth talent and, uh, and getting some results back or some uh, uh, performance uh, uh, highlights from um, younger kids. And uh, that, that is one of the tools that we have in Portugal to, to uh, make everybody aware of the work we are doing. Uh, if we are only expecting a senior level medal, it comes once in a blue moon. But it's easier to get uh, a medal match at least uh, on a younger uh, age group, and that it's a good uh, way to uh, raise awareness within the, the local authorities or the, the national government. But also, it's easier to attract more kids uh, that go to the same school as the kid who had a good result or are from the same city or the same province. It's easier to, to, to promote and attract uh, more resources and more people. Which brings, it, brings me back to another point. As in the United States, as our fans know, there's, the government doesn't fund the Olympic sports. I mean, you're, up, you're raising money, fundraising. So how does the, the funding structure work in Portugal for Olympic sports? Well, we are underfunded, clearly, not just uh, we wrestling, uh, but the vast majority of the sports. There's not a lot of uh, government money. The government money it comes from the, 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 the national and European lotteries. So a percentage of that is given to, to the promotion of uh, sports, amateur sports. And I would say over 90% of the money comes from there. We try to get some sponsors. It's not easy. Now the economy in uh, all of Europe is getting better. But during the, the, the bailout years and the... IMF and all of that, it was quite easy, quite uh, hard to, to, to get any outside sponsoring. Uh, but uh, it's getting slightly better now. Uh, it's easier to get not cash sponsors, but uh, uh, like supplier kind of deals, uh, like giving us uh, not money, but gear, equipment, uh, or a hall to train, or... Uh, city hall that uh, hosts uh, national training camp stuff like that. But unlike the states, we are majority government uh, subsidized. Anything you'd like to add about uh, sport of wrestling? What we're seeing here, what you're looking forward to in Budapest? Well, I'm looking forward in Budapest to a magnificent event. The, the Hungarian Wrestling Federation uh, has uh, used the world uh, to a very high. Uh, level uh, of uh, competition or organization. The, the last uh, world championships there in 2013 were uh, quite uh, amazing. I'm expecting the same in Budapest and hopefully I'm expecting to be elected board member if I uh, have the confidence of the country delegates. Pedro, thanks for the time. We'll see you in a month. See you in a month. It's a pleasure. Mm -hmm. Subscribe to the World Wrestling Resource Podcast by going to www.rpodcast.com and check it out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, or wherever you find your podcasts. World Wrestling Resource at worldwrestlingresource.com. This show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, Head over to matttalkonline.com.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.